In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Pathfinder podcast with a great team at Pathfinder Wealth Management. Here on the program is Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. They are retirement income planning specialists. Joining us once again to talk about the world of investing, finance, and retirement. Find the team online at pathfinderwealth.com. That's pathfinderwealth.com. You can also give a call anytime and share this podcast with friends and family. 815-399-9806. That's 815-399-9806. And Phil, Barbara, welcome into the podcast this week. How are you? Good. Good morning. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing very well. Phil, nice to see you. Nice to talk to you. How are you? Yeah. Well, we're, we're doing fine now. The weather has really warmed up to a blazing seven degrees today. And uh, <laughs> uh, two weeks ago, I was out plowing in 30 degree below zero weather. And oh. I thought my eyeballs were going to freeze. Oh, man. I tell you, yeah, at the time of this taping, so it's seven degrees, huh? A whopping seven? Seven, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's sunny out, so it's not too bad. It's almost balmy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I got the shorts. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, I tell you what, Mother Nature's been interesting this year thus far, that's for sure. So hopefully you guys stay stay good and warm and, uh, and don't get into too much trouble there when it comes to those really dangerous temperatures. But uh, we got yeah. some great email questions this week for the podcast. Folks have sent them okay. in to the website, okay. which again is pathfinderwealth.com. Again, that's pathfinderwealth.com if you'd like to submit your own. And so I'm going to ask you guys a couple of these, and I'll let whoever would like to answer roll with it. But our first one this week is from Diane, and Diane says, Guys, I recently got a very large cash settlement from an auto accident I was involved in, and this will make a big difference in my life because I am 57 and I do not have much saved for retirement. The problem is that because I've done such little investing over the years, I really have no idea where to start. Can you help me out with a first step? I'll take that one. Okay, so Diane, what I would say is the first step is to look for an independent financial advisor that specializes in retirement planning. Since you're 57, I assume you're close to retirement and look for a fiduciary. A fiduciary is someone who's going to act in your best interest. Now, a couple of questions. Are you working right now? And when will you need to access this money? Because how you invest the money is dependent on when you need to access it and what your living expenses are. People invest their money, remember this, to stay ahead of inflation. So if you think about what the cost of goods and services was for you 10 or 20 or even 30 years ago, that's inflation and you have to stay ahead of inflation. If it weren't for that, people could just put their money in safety vehicles in the bank. I would suggest you're going to want the majority of your money liquid for easy access. And that doesn't mean to not invest it. That means that you have a combination of whether it's stocks and bonds, mutual funds, but you can sell off shares to supply your needs. And the reason I say that is because the next point I'm going to make, and that's be very cautious of free dinner seminars. They're going to try to sell you an expensive product where all your money's tied up. It's likely not going to be in your best interest. And we kind of have a joke around here that you don't want to be the one person in the room that's buying dinner for everyone else. There are high commission products and be cautious of that. And lastly, if it sounds too good to be true with how your money is going to be invested, it probably is. Although interest rates recently are increasing and, you know, you might be able to get a CD for two, probably no more than 3%. If you're hearing about guarantees for 6% and 8%, then you're going to want to read the fine print because that just is not true. 
So be cautious. Take your time before making any decisions. And I would suggest seeing more than one advisor. Yeah, I wanted to add something to that too as well, Barb. And, uh, you know, there's a danger too with regard to Diane and, and her getting this settlement. And, you know, we kind of, we refer to that as kind of the lottery effect. And one of the things that's really important is that Diane seek out the help of a trusted advisor. And the reason for it is that, you know, if you've not really made this kind of money before and you've not managed the money before, and you all of a sudden you're, you're left with it, it's like getting a huge inheritance. You know, you really don't have any good experience as far as how the cash flows work. Uh, you could end up depleting that particular settlement down very quickly without the help of a trusted advisor. And so we would recommend from that standpoint that you need somebody to kind of put both eyes on it and help you in terms of monitoring that cash flow for yourself so you can make that resource last during your retirement years. Yeah. Well, I think that's some good advice in there, Diane. And to Barbara's point, you know, talk with a couple people, you know, get a good feel for that, have some conversations with multiple advisors. But again, if you do need some help or would like to come in and just sit down and talk one-on-one with the team at Pathfinder Wealth, well, you can call them at 815-399-9806. But great question and good luck moving forward. Another question here for you guys this week is from Paul. And Paul says, well, I guess I should have known better. (laughs) That's never a good way to start. (laughs) But for some reason, I was under the impression that I wouldn't have to pay taxes on my social security benefits. Well, now I know better, but it seems like some people pay more than others. Can you explain to me how this works? Yeah, Mark, I'll take that particular question. You know, one of the things that people don't really understand is how social security is taxed. And, uh, you know, taxability of social security has only really been a recent thing in, in the last 20 years or so. And, you know, just to go back on a little history here, from the early 30s until 1983, Social Security benefits were absolutely tax-free. And so what happened was the government in 1983 kind of woke up to the fact that, you know, well, you know, private pensions and corporate pensions and government pensions, you know, they're taxed. Why is it that Social Security, which is a pension, is a form of pension, why is that not taxed? And so what they did is they looked at it and they found out there's three components to Social Security. One is the employee's contribution. The second is the employer's contribution. Then there's interest buildup over the years. And so what they did is they put a pencil to it and they found out that, you know, if a person lives a basically a a life expectancy for that particular age group, 85% of the money that's coming back to that particular retiree is basically coming from other sources than their own contribution. So they factored in a formula called a provisional income or provisional income formula to be able to determine how much of that Social Security really is a benefit that was not actually contributed by the employee. They found out it was about 85%. So from 1983 to 1993, that's what they began to do. They had something called a threshold established at about 34,000. If you had nothing but Social Security income, Mark, then there was no tax whatsoever. But if you had other income added to it and you exceeded that $34,000 threshold for a married couple, it would be taxable up to 50% of it could be taxable. In 1993, the government looked at it again. They said, you know what, you know, there's so much more income available out there. I don't want to say it was a tax grab, but what they did is they created another threshold. And if you make an excess of $44,000, then you've got two thresholds. You get 50% of it would be taxable at 34,000. And then the other 35% would be taxable once you exceed 44,000. So it is possible for you to have taxability on as much as 85% of your social security, but you need to look at it from the standpoint. I I used to think about it as being a uh, kind of a tax on a tax, but really it is comparable to the taxation of other pensions. So it's not an unfair tax from that standpoint. 
For many years, people were getting basically tax-free retirement, and the government saw that as being a huge deficit and a hole in the budget. So rightfully or wrongfully, you know, whether you think it's right or wrong, it is what it is. And so the larger amount of money you make in retirement, whether it's income from uh, interest, from dividends, from capital gains, from pensions, from real estate, that's all added together. The more income that you make, the higher the uh, amount of tax will be on your Social Security up to the 85% level. So that's how Social Security tax works. Barb, do you have anything to add to that? Great explanation, Phil. But you know what? I prefer to not pay taxes on my Social Security. Is that okay? That's no? okay. I would agree with you there, too. <laughs> well, here's Zero the, is always better. Here's the thing to remember, Paul, while we're talking about Social Security. It does depend on all sources of income, like Phil says. And we have worked with some people to where you may not pay taxes on your Social Security. Mm, good point. Or you can really decrease what you pay on as far as taxation on your Social Security. It all depends on where your money comes from. You can shift some dollars between Social Security claiming and IRAs, and you could save on taxes, and you may not have to pay Social Security taxes in full. Yeah, zero tax in retirement is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. If it's yeah. possible, it is if it's possible people, yeah. but not everybody. Very yeah. true, very true. Well, great question again here, Paul. Thank you so much for submitting. Really good questions uh, this week on the Retirement Pathfinder podcast. Submit your own questions at pathfinderwealth.com. That's pathfinderwealth.com to Phil and Barbara. And guys, we got a couple more here if you want to tackle a few more of these. Let's see if we can help out sure. Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca says, guys, unless something goes horribly wrong, I should be getting a sizable inheritance from my mother. She's currently 90 and in declining health. Is it unwise for me to factor that inheritance in to my retirement plan? It sounds like that would probably be unwise to me anyway, because you're just kind of planning on something that may be shifted depending on her declining health could hang on, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Let me take that one, Mark, because, you know, I have to kind of chuckle at this comment okay. she makes because unless something goes horribly wrong, <laughs> right? <laughs> like maybe she lives to age 100. or Yeah, it's kind of weird. You can take she, that multiple ways, right? Yeah, yeah, or or she basically uh, marries somebody half of her age and, you know, uses it that way. Or, you know, she ends up going to a nursing home, which, by the way, is probably more likely. And like you say, mm -hmm. it's, it's probably something that you, you don't want to count on. Uh, you know, seriously speaking, you know, there's a greater likelihood of a person at, eight, at that age to end up in a nursing home. The Elder Law Journal says that, you know, for people that are in nursing homes between ages 85 and 95, that population comprises 41%. So, you know, if you factor in that it's going to cost you $200 a day for private care in a good nursing home, you know, you could deplete that particular inheritance within one to three years. And that's about the average stay for mm, okay. a nursing home resident. So I would say, uh, Rebecca, you probably should not count on this as being part of your uh, your inheritance. And by the way, you know, there's a big problem for baby boomers that we look at in addition to what Rebecca is kind of alluding to here. And it's the fact that we can live too long. Longevity has gone way up. And so the two big fears are, you know, is it possible for me to run out of money before I run out of time? And the answer is yes. And so the other big fear is what if I do end up in a nursing home, what's going to happen to that particular uh, estate that I have? And so we are encouraging people to look very seriously at being realistic about taking income in retirement, that they may not be able to maintain the standard of living that they had prior to retirement. But the other big factor is they need to really protect themselves and their spouse with long-term care insurance. As expensive as it may be, there's nothing more expensive than spending down your estate in a nursing home. So that's something very worthwhile looking at. 
What do you think, Barb? Yeah, especially when you consider about 6% per year inflation on nursing homes right now, and that'll only get worse. And the, the other thing is, I think, is uh, the uh, life expectancy table now goes up to 120 years. Oh, Rebecca's in big trouble if that's the case. <laughs> so someone alive today <laughs> is going to live to be 120 years. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if that's good news or bad news. But She's yeah, be totally yeah <laughs> I, for me, I, for me, I'm going to take that as bad news. I don't think I'd want to be I, that, that old, so I'm not I sure. I do not, no. <laughs> I agree, Mark. Well, Rebecca, good luck to you there, dear, and hopefully uh, things will work out for the best. But yeah, I would definitely say there's some good advice there. Don't count on that. You know, what's the old saying, right? Our grandmothers taught us, don't count your chickens before they hatch. So you yeah, kind of go simple there and, and have a conversation. Make sure that your overall strategy is going to work with or without this inheritance. And I think that's good advice for anybody who is expecting to come into some money or potentially come into some money. Plan to just let that be extra. Again, a gravy, if you will. And that way you don't mm -hmm, have to worry mm -hmm. about it. Yep. So good information here today on the podcast with Phil and Barbara. And guys, how about one from Bell here? She says, I've maxed out my raw IRA contributions last year, but then I ended up having an awesome sales year and I made more than what's allowed for the Roth IRA contributions. Am I in trouble? It feels silly that I'll get punished for being responsible and saving money. Can you help? Uh, I'll take that one. Mm. Bell, I totally agree on the foolish part. It seems like you should be rewarded for saving your money for your own retirement. So the fact that there's any restrictions and caps on what you can save, especially in a Roth, because the government's getting their money right then because mm -hmm. they don't get a tax deduction. Right. So it is ridiculous, but nonetheless, it's a government rule. So the good news is you're not in trouble, provided that you act now. You have to do this before April 15th of this year. So I'm going to try and make it really simple for you. But you're going to want to ask your custodian for a form that's titled Removing My Excess Contributions from a Retirement Account. You fill that in and then you're going to be asked to where to send the funds to. If you have a taxable account, for example, you could transfer or sell all the shares to that fund. That would be the easiest and probably the least labor intensive. But again, that has to be done by April 15th of this year. Now, if you move the money to a non-deductible IRA, you're going to be required to file a Form 8606 with your taxes for every year you contribute and every year you withdraw funds. Because the custodian doesn't know whether you received a tax deduction for contributing or not. And this form lets the IRS know that you didn't receive a deduction. In other words, you paid taxes on that amount. And then later on, you can look at something like a backdoor Roth, which that's the subject for another podcast, and we won't get into all of that here. <laughs> But listeners, don't confuse this conversation with Roth conversions. That's taking in a traditional IRA and converting that to a Roth IRA, which is tax-free. Uh, you can no longer reverse that. So hope that helps, Bell. Yeah, no, absolutely. Good question. I guess silver lining in this, Bell, is that you obviously are making good money. So you can always look for the bright side of that. If you're maxing out, then you're doing really well. And I think Barbara gave you some really good ideas to think about there. So make sure that you sit down and have that conversation with a qualified professional before you take any action. And of course, Phil and Barbara are here to help. If you'd like to talk with them, 815-399-9806. That's 815-399-9806. And as always, make sure you share this podcast with friends, family, loved ones, iTunes, Stitcher your iHeartRadio, various places where you can find it, Spotify. So make sure you check that out. Pathfinderwealth.com is the name of the website. Once again, pathfinderwealth.com. And we got a question for you from Jimmy. And Jimmy says, my wife and I are 60. We've decided to put off Social Security until 70. We have an annuity also. And we're trying to figure out if we should start taking withdrawals now 
for about $1,000 a month or wait another five years or so and we should be able to get closer to $1,500 a month. What do you think? Also, do you think it's wise to take those withdrawals and reinvest what we don't need to use for monthly expenses? Big question there from Jimmy, but... Okay, I'll take that Social Security question. Okay, Jimmy, lots of questions. Are you retired? And was this annuity for retirement, which Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that it is, but since you haven't taken the income yet, if it's an old annuity, you may want to check out your options so that your income isn't static. When we're talking about $1,000 a month, there are annuity companies out there that will give you an increasing monthly amount. When you're looking at $1,000 a month now, if that's a static payment in 10 years' time, that's only going to be worth about $750 in purchasing power. So an increasing payment, if that's the route you're looking at, is important for outpacing inflation, which is so important in retirement. And then when you're talking about Social Security, there are a number of considerations, but you're going to want to look at the differences between waiting to age 70 for a higher amount, which could mean more in taxes possibly, or taking it at a younger age and paying less in taxes, because you're going to always want to be mindful of taxes in retirement and ways in which you can reduce those. And the second thing I think about with Social Security is since you're married, you can also consider the lower income earner taking theirs now and the other one deferring their benefits because on death, the higher benefit is what the remaining spouse will be receiving anyways because the lower benefit goes away. So those are just a couple considerations. There's many considerations and many options, and it's hard to give just a definite answer without knowing what other types of income you have and your health and, most important, your expenses because your income withdrawals and your retirement income is dependent on your expenses. So I would say give us a call at 815-399-9806. We'd love to sit down with you for a complimentary consultation. Yeah, one thing I wanted to add to that too, Barb, was that you know because of the latest Tax Reduction Act of 2017, it really has created a different playing field in terms of taking income from various sources. So if you mix the incomes properly to include Social Security, you could end up reducing down the taxable portion of your Social Security or even tax on your other sources of income. So uh, unless you have the proper you know, strategy in place, you know, you could be paying more taxes than you really have to because of this new tax law change, which has basically doubled the personal deduction. And that has given us some powerful strategies for reducing tax. Right. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, Phil, seem to be very, very excited about the different options. We talk to a lot of different advisors across the country when we're doing these various podcasts, and it seems as though many, many potential clients and clients have lots of good questions when it comes to uh, what they can do to be more tax efficient under these new current tax laws. So it's always a good idea to have those mm-hmm. conversations, right. correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. In yeah. fact, you know, the problem is that most advisors are not aware of the power in the latest tax law change. Very and- true how they can really benefit their clients more effectively. Very, very true. Well, good information here today on the program. We've got time for just one more email question on the Retirement Pathfinder. And we've got one final question for you guys this week on the program. And this one's from Warren. And, well, Warren likes to speak his mind. So I've got a (laughs) a bit of a big question here for you guys. So buckle in and listen to this one. Warren says, I don't mean to sound arrogant, folks, but I think I know a lot about investing already. I worked in finance for many years, and I'm comfortable doing things myself. In fact, I will honestly admit that I think I know more than you do. Here's the rub. I'm tired of looking at the numbers every day, keeping up with it all, and I just want an advisor to take care of it so that I can enjoy my retirement and focus my energies on other things. But the big question is, how are you going to bring value to my situation if I feel like I can do a pretty darn good job of this myself? 
Wow. Well, let me address that one. And Warren, I want to I want to let him know if I'm speaking to him directly. I want to let him know how much I really appreciate his honesty. You know, he doesn't mince any words here. I wish more people were as plain spoken about his experience and his attitudes. You know, obviously he's a do-it-yourself or he feels like he's done well. And, you know, who am I to say that, oh, you know, you haven't done as good as you should and so forth. And so, um, but, but here's the truth of the matter is most people will come to us and say, I don't know that much about investing. I don't, I haven't made very good returns. I'm uncertain about the future. But you know what? When 2008 rolls around, which it will again, and the market takes a drop, I will guarantee you they know exactly what to do at that point. What they're going to do is they're going to call their advisor up and they're going to say, get me out of the market. <laughs> so right. in reality, they do want to control it. Mm -hmm. And uh, but at least Warren has told us exactly what he wants to do. And so I'm not going to kick Warren to the curb. I'm going to ask Warren, I'm going to say, Warren, you know, I, I really want to help engage you here. And I want to express to you what I would call the financial gospel, what I think is truth about the markets. And I want to pick your brain. I want to listen to your particular ideas. And so, you know, one of the things I want to do, though, is I want to make sure that we have a dialogue. And some of the questions I'm going to ask you is, you know, you say, well, I want an advisor to take care of it. But I don't, I don't really know what that means, Warren. Maybe that means take care of it. Does that mean that you want to uh, get returns that exceed market returns? Does that mean that you want me as your advisor to predict downturns in the market? Does it mean that you want me to call you up every time I make a change? Uh, you know, we need to kind of very carefully define what it means to take care of your account. And the other, the other thing that I want to look at here is, you know, you're looking for somebody who can add value to your situation. And again, that's kind of a nebulous term, term we need to kind of define what that means. Again, consistent high returns, market returns, you know, outguess. Is it going to protect your position? You know, we need to really kind of be on the same game plan here as far as what it is that you're expecting me to do for you. You know, one of the things that I want to do for Warren is I want to create a, a good quality of life for him and a good experience in investing. And at the same time, I want to create a good quality of life and investing experience for us at the firm. And so in order to do that, you know, I'm not going to kick him to the curb. I'm not going to say we can't work with you, but I want to make sure that we clearly understand what it is that Warren is looking for, somebody who's a do-it-yourselfer. You know, many people would, uh, advisors that I know would say, no, you know, I'm going to go ahead and pass on Warren. But I don't believe that's necessarily always a good move. I want to understand exactly what he's looking for and that, you know, there's a possibility that I could bring him that, that good quality of life. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's really important to, you know, may not be a good fit. And so I appreciate Warren's candidness here because, you know, he's telling me he's got all the cards on the table and he's saying, no, this is what I expect. And, uh, you know, I, I have some expectations and we can go from there and we can figure out what that is. And I think that Warren would be very open to our position and our particular ideas. But, Again, we won't know until uh, we have that conversation. Barb, what do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I agree. It's, but it's not just about just the numbers. You know, he says, I'm tired of looking at the numbers and keeping up with it all. When you're looking at retirement, it's more than just the money. You know, what about taxation yeah. and what about estate protection? What about avoiding probate and longevity and all those other things? So it's really what's the big goal here? Yep, yep, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would encourage the Warrens of the world, Mark, to give us a call, 815-399-9806, and we can have a, a short telephone conversation about this, or they could come in. We won't charge them anything to do it. And uh, 
they can pick our brain and we can figure out if this is something we can help them with. No, I think you make some really good points there because if you're trying to read between the lines or maybe even just speculate or assume a few things, and I know that can get us into trouble when we do that, but we're trying sure. to infer from just an email. Maybe he's the kind of person who likes to, who's obsessed with watching these numbers daily, watching the stock market, things of that nature. And that can get tedious and tiresome and frustrating. And that's mm-hmm, really not yep. what retirement should be about, right? You shouldn't feel like you've right. got to spend every day checking in. I, I myself have had open heart surgery already in my mid 40s oh and uh and if Goodness. watching the stock market every day excites my ticker too much well i can't do that <laughs> that ticker yeah, well, is not right. good for my ticker yeah. right so you've got to have yeah. that balance of life and and so maybe warren is looking for someone to kind of take some of those things away but i think phil you make some great points you want to make sure you clarify some of those nebulous comments to make sure you're providing the right quality for things and everybody's a little different so the best thing you can do is really just sit down and have those one-on-ones but he's off to a great start because he, at least he knows exactly what he's looking for, or at least as far as those terms. Well, you know, yeah, in fact, some of the best clients I've worked with over my career of almost 40 years now have been really tough with me up front as far as where they stand and what they expect. Mm -hmm. And that has actually proven to be a very productive relationship with a lot of people. But you know, it's like anything else. I mean, we, we look at these questions that they're asking us here, Mark, and you know, there's a lot of uncovered information here that we need to really kind Absolutely. of explore. Yeah. You know, we can't really give a qualified answer to every one of these particular questions without really sitting down and going in depth with these particular potential clients uh, more thoroughly. So, so that's why we'd encourage them to come in so we could kind of uncover those things that they might have not thought of and that we can give some perspective to. Absolutely. Well, that's why we always say, you know, we certainly appreciate the questions that come in. We hope that they provide a useful nugget or two of information, but you want to make sure you sit down and have a conversation uh, with your financial advisor one-on-one before you take any action about anything. And if you need help or if you need to turn to an advisor, maybe a second opinion uh, or something of that nature, well, Barbara and Phil are here to help at Pathfinder Wealth Management right here in the Rockford area. You can reach out to them at 815-399-9806. That's 815-399-9806. And uh, Phil, Barbara, thanks for having me on your podcast. I appreciate you. Very informative and look forward to talking with you in the future. I hope you have a great week. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Retirement Pathfinder with the team from Pathfinder Wealth Management. Bye-bye. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.